0: Hi, welcome back to Pollyanna Principal. My name is Desma and uh, this is your first episode with me. So um, for the first episode I will be doing my own story. Um, it's my own true crime story and also there's trigger warnings for the story um, which are sexual assault uh, triggers and suicide. So Obviously, I was successful in the suicide, so that's good news, but uh, this story might not be suitable for some audiences. So, here we go. I grew up with both my parents and my older sister in Northern California. We had a pretty normal life. Sleepovers, basketball practice, volleyball practice, walking the town square with our friends, more volleyball practice, holidays with family, etc., We grew up in Sonoma and moved to the neighboring suburb of Santa Rosa after my sister and mom were in a very serious near-fatal car accident. Uh, Maybe more on that uh, at a later date. After this accident, our father went into full lockdown mode. Now that I'm a parent, I get it a lot more. He'd almost lost his wife and daughter and had to protect us from future harm. No more summer parties, no more movies with friends, no trips to the mall without parents. The only freedom I had was sports. More specifically, volleyball. Sophomore year, I switched to yet another high school, but my sister stayed at the former high school. I had to drive 35 minutes of school, but it was worth it for the team I would be on and the coach I would play for. I loved it. I loved the freedom of being able to ditch school. Mm, sorry, dad. Knowing my parents would never be there to spot my car. I, it was the freedom I had yearned for since seventh grade, the year my sister and mom were in that accident. The only time I ever got to be around people and feel like I had a social life was either at school or one of my various practices wasn't particularly popular but my first year at this new school I was with a great volleyball team and incredible coach. We won the state championship. I had played a big part in that win and so after that people knew who I was. Despite my limited ability to go anywhere outside of school and games I still had the same wants as any high school girl. I had friends I wanted to hang out with, crushes I wanted to talk to, and have a social life like everyone else seemed to have but me. After the months Rolled on, I eventually started getting invited to normal teenage things. Dances, parties, you know, the normal stuff that kids do when they're in high school. The answer was always no, followed directly by, because I said so. I found out years later, my sister got caught smoking weed while (laughs) I had her first high school sleepover. And my dad was pissed. So obviously, I was under the microscope from then on. I eventually started dishing so much that junior year, I almost failed out of school really wasn't even doing anything bad. I was drinking, maybe smoked weed a few times, but mostly it was just the thrill of being away from authority for even 30 minutes. So junior year ends with me being grounded for two months after getting caught ditching, which went over into the summer break. Um, I was at a club volleyball practice and the other two future seniors at my high school invited me to a party at one of their houses. Me being the other senior on the high school volleyball team that year, I just had to be there, had to. Summer before senior year, first party, first time being, maybe maybe getting drunk, who knows? I was ready. My dad was, at our, was our club director, so I drove myself home from practice as he had to stay the last practices of the day. I ran to the house and spewed out all the info about the party to my mom, who was always in our corner and tried to fight for us and really was caught in the middle often. She sighs knowingly and says, okay, go, quick, before your dad gets home, I'll deal with him. Don't drink and drive. How did she know I wanted to even try booze? Well, she's she's not a a dumb lady. Uh, I decided I didn't want to tell my boyfriend at the time. I didn't know why because I totally loved him and we we had been dating for months and I didn't understand why I didn't want him to go, but I just knew I wanted to do this alone. Looking back at it now, I figured it was so I could flirt with whomever I wanted, drink and be wild without any judgment. He was my first love and I couldn't have asked for a better person to handle the next year with but looking back, I realized I should have had him there. I parked at my teammate's house and blasted through the door like a Kool-Aid man and everyone cheered. It was so dumb, but I was happy as hell in that moment. Everyone joked and yelled, Desma's dad, let her out. So needless to say, everyone took it upon themselves to get me drunk and I tell you what, they succeeded. I remember about four things before passing out, putting my fully closed legs into the hot tub, puking over and down off the balcony Walking back into the house, tripping over the fireplace and slamming my forehead onto the top of the couch before falling. And lastly, asking arguably the most popular guy at the school if I could just have just just one more sip of your Corona. Just one little sip. It's fine. And he just looked at me and was like, oh, you're a mess. Flash forward an indiscernible amount of time. And I'm in my friend's clothes. Hot tub water and puke had ruined my outfit. On her trundle bed, talking to one of the cheerleaders from my English class who I was friends with. She was taking care of me, comforting me, giving me water, and telling me it's all good, that they've all been there. And then I pass out. At uh, exactly 12.36 a.m., I'm woken up with a dick in my mouth. I wake up confused and disoriented, and then someone starts kissing me. I think it's my boyfriend at first. And I relax for a second and simply say, babe, do you have a condom? Because, you know, for so many years, I blamed myself for this one line alone. My boyfriend and I had planned on having sex for the first time for me um, together in the last couple of weeks I've been planning, but tried a few times before, but he never had brought a condom, and so I said no. It was a reaction in that split second that I thought it was my boyfriend that hung with me for years. It was not him, but a guy from my math class who, few weeks before, pants me in front of the entire class. Years later, I realized he should have been swiftly punished for that but to my knowledge, nothing happened to him. I left the class crying. Anyways, this guy proceeded to put his dick in my mouth again and again, which made me realize my boyfriend would never do this to me. I slithered away underneath him between his straddled legs, and then he picked me up and slammed me into the metal frame of the trundle bed. He forced himself into me. I have no idea if he finished or not, nor if he did in fact use a condom, What he said when I, or what he said when I, he left. I was just crying and saying no. I woke up at 7.30 in the morning, thought that was a really, really fucked up dream. Holy shit. Sat up, saw blood on the sheets, and my back was bruised all to hell. Not a dream. I walked into the living room to see five of my classmates cleaning up, sitting around, bullshitting, and just kind of hanging out. I lamely helped tidying them up and then left. I didn't understand how they didn't know what happened. They all act so normal. Everything was just the same. Everyone was just living in this hugely traumatic event had impacted my life forever and they had no idea but I woke up and I had to get home because I had my aunt's high school graduation to go to with my boyfriend I got back home went into the kitchen and my dad wouldn't even look at me He was so mad that I had gone to a party. My mom asked me how it was. I could tell she was excited for me, but I just feigned excitement through my hangover. My boyfriend came to my house and we all drove to the graduation. I almost cried about 50 times and he kept asking me what was wrong. I blew him off and after I got home, showered. I took 16 showers in three days. This doesn't happen to a girl like me. A tomboy, a jock, it was tough. I stood up against bullies. I played sports with the guys. I worked out and I was strong. This isn't something that happens to quote a girl like me, and that sentiment messed with my self identity for years. I to this day have yet to tell my parents what happened to me. My mom, because she let me go, and I never wanted her to feel guilty for that. She wanted a real high school experience for me and did her best to make it happen. I don't blame my parents at all. I finally don't blame myself either. And my boyfriend back then saved my life, 100% saved my life, saved me from killing myself. I ended up telling him what happened. and He was shaking with anger, I'm Anger. I mean fully trembling. He'd gone to school with my rapist in kindergarten. He was training to be a Navy SEAL and was jacked. Really strong, really popular. Everybody knew him. I begged him not to do anything crazy because he'll ruin his future. He was someone I leaned on heavily at the time and I finally got to share with him years later how he'd saved me. After my event, I was a shell of my former self. We got to go to the state championship my senior year for the second time in school history, and I got a full-ride scholarship to play volleyball in college. Things were going great on paper, but I cried every single day. I couldn't sleep. I signed up for peer support class and became a peer counselor. It was incredible. I loved listening to students, and I loved trying to help them find their way. One day, a younger volleyball player came to meet with a peer counselor and saw that I was there. She opened up about being molested by her uncle, and I shared with her my recent experience, and we helped each other through it. That was the first time I thought, hey, there could be a silver lining here. And after I got to college my sophomore year, I held a party. Nothing crazy. Just a few of my teammates and some guys from the men's basketball team at my university. Afterwards, four a gigantic freshman basketball players wanted to walk my three freshman teammates home through the campus. I said, no, our teammates is sober and she can bring them back to the dorms. If they wanted to meet up with you after, then that's their choice, but I'm not letting my teammates go into the dark with dudes twice their sides. Well... One of these young men decided that offended him and started yelling at me. This guy was 6'9 and yelling at me about, what the fuck, do you think we're rapists or something? And so on. And I simply said, "Uh, I just fucking met you. So no, I don't know you're not a rapist. And he didn't talk to me for three years. Fast forward to my senior year. I'm living with a rad dude and his girlfriend who is one of my best friends now, as well as one of my teammates dating a freshman on the football team. She had known my story, so when her boyfriend was drunk and trying to force himself on her at 2 a.m., she knew she could call me. She was hiding under a bridge, not like a big bridge, but like a pipe to let rainwater flow under a road. She was inside there, hiding from him, because she was so frightened. I helped her through the aftermath of that event, as well as the subsequent harassment. When said football player came around to harass her about how he didn't even get in trouble after she reported it, and that he was untouchable. I have a handful of other similar stories, but I think you get the idea of my silver lining. I've always stood up to bullies, and now I'm an ally for women who have been assaulted. And yes, men have shared their rape survival stories with me, too. I'm unafraid to stand up to men even when they outweigh me by 100 pounds. I can't be hurt any more than I already have been. I can't be taken lower than I was when I was 17. This, of course, gives me strength, even if it's naive to think I should stand up to men twice my size and could throw me if he wanted. I don't care. I'd rather stand up and get hurt than see another woman go through what I went through. I'd rather get killed than get raped again. I will fight next time. I will muster the strength of our Savior St. Mary Vincent, survivor of one of the worst attacks I've ever heard about. And I will fight. I might not make it out, but I'll tell you what. I'll have some fucking DNA to take with me under my fingernails. I actually have a few more other events that I might go into further and this podcast progresses. But for now, I'll lead with the big one. I'm not thankful it happened to me, but I am grateful it was, wasn't someone else at that party. I'm glad it didn't happen to someone more vulnerable, less, quote, tough, someone who might not have had the support I did. I'm thankful to take that bullet and fight hard every day to not spiral back to the darkened twisties if it means someone else doesn't have to. Thank you for joining me on the inaugural episode of Pollyanna Principle. I want to give a shout out to my sister Gloria for helping me edit my first episode and is helping me throughout this podcast. So um, stay tuned for our next episode and thank you for listening. Goodbye.